If you go through a design process, by the time you get to the end and you develop the product, making any significant change to that is not only nearly impossible, it's often very costly. A lot of people, when they go to a new location, they buy one of the travel guides to that country. And ideas that are all centered or framed with the goal of supporting identity development. Welcome to season three of ISS EDU Learn, Ask Me Anything with Mike and Dana. Proudly present to you by ISS EDU. I'm your host, Mike P, your favorite educator interviewer, and I'm joined by my esteemed co-host, Dr. Dana Specker-Watts, the Director of Learning, Research, and Outreach here at ISS. We're thrilled to have you back for season three. Grateful for your incredible support. With over 20,000 downloads and listens, this season, our mission remains unwavering to deliver the best practical information, insights, and strategies directly to you. Our goal is to equip you with the tools you can implement right away to delve into further to enhance your educational practices. Before we get into today's enriching content, a few housekeeping items. Don't forget to hit the subscribe, like, and leave us a review on your preferred podcast platform. Whether you're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spotify, and many others, we're right there with you. Stay in a loop about upcoming events and certifications by visiting iss.edu slash events. And for those seeking exciting job opportunities, be sure to explore our virtual and physical fairs. Get ready for a season filled with inspiration, innovation, and impactful insights. Let's make this journey together. Now let's get started. Educators and change makers, this is EDU Learn, Ask Me Anything, proudly presented by ISS EDU. Here with Dr. Dana Specker Watts, my co host. Hi, Mike. Great to be back. Here with Molly Fay, the voice of the audience. Hey, Mike. Glad to be here. Thrilled to have you back with us for season three, episode 17. Don't forget to hit the subscribe, give us a thumbs up, and share your thoughts with a review on your preferred podcast. Let's dive into today's conversation. Today, we have the privilege of welcoming back Kaylin Fullerton. A little bit about Kaylin Fullerton. She is a passionate educator, curious mediator, a tireless optimist, a recovering perfectionist, and a serial wanderluster. My first question is about wanderlustering. She's also the founder of Upstream Collaboration. She and her endeavors to use a transformative potential and social emotional learning, which is also SEL to support educators, leaders, parents, and students in their journey towards holistic and systematic well-being. Our discussion today is titled Self-Care for You Educators. And without further ado, before we get into the topic, let's say a hi to our guest today. Kaylin, how are you? Hi, Mike. I am pretty cozy right now. How are you? I'm okay. So my first question had to do with... Wonderluster. I don't really know what that is, but it sounds tiring. Could you explain what wonderlustering is before I go to my next question? Wanderlusting. Well, first off, I think it's just a beautiful word. It's it one is. of those words with <laughs> like there's like magic and fairy dust around it, I feel. My understanding of wanderlust is that many of us that live internationally have it. And it's this kind of desire to see the world and explore and travel and have new experiences and try new things in new places. Okay. And if one was successful in doing that, once again, sounds tight, a bit tiring. So I guess my first question is, when does one know when self-care is actually needed? So just dive right in there. That's a big one. 
that's my topic. So it makes sense. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think it all depends on how well one knows oneself, Mike, because if you are someone who has been practicing self-awareness and learning about yourself and understanding the signs that your body and your mind is giving to you, you're going to start recognizing quickly when maybe your systems are starting to slow down and when your exhaustion and self-criticism is starting to ramp up and you might realize a little quicker it's time for self-care or the most of the rest of us who might not be quite on that plane all the time, it shows up in a variety of ways. Sometimes it shows up in our moods, right? We're getting grumpy and we don't know why. It shows up in that kind of just general exhaustion and malaise and being uncertain. And that can come like when you talk about wanderlust and living internationally, we choose this life, a lot of us, for the adventure or because we're going to a country that we're really passionate about or we're moving for someone we care about and we love. And there's so much excitement and energy. Also, a lot of overwhelm, especially with COVID. A lot of what I've been hearing is a lot of people are actually craving a little bit of that settling down a little bit more. And self-care is starting to look like I was just saying to you all, for example, I'm not going anywhere for the holidays. My family and I are going to sit around in our PJs and read some good books and, you know, maybe make a nice holiday meal and just kind of temper it down. So it's a very long meandering way of saying that knowing you need care looks really different for all of us. There's signs that are going to show up in your body and in your patterns. And the best way to know is to really get to know yourself and get curious about what those signs are for you. Yeah. Spoke, yeah. So and I, I guess my next question is actually answered because it had, I was going to ask if you're a healthy person, do you still need self-care? But you spoke about like moods and things. So even if you're healthy, your mood could definitely shift here and there. Yeah. And there's, can I just add? I mean, there's maintenance, right? Like, wouldn't that be amazing if we get to a point where we're like, yes, my self-care meter is full for life, (laughs) but that's not realistic, no matter how healthy we are, whether we're talking about nourishment, whether we're talking about exercise, whether we're talking about mental health, emotional health, it is the way of the world to have these peaks and valleys and those lows are there for a reason. They're really there to help us understand what our values are, understand what our needs are so that we can really appreciate the highs. But yeah, there's no like magical level of being at your peak of self-care and never needing it again. So always got to keep filling that bucket. So you're, when you start dipping into it, right. Um, Mm -hmm. You're not at the bottom all of a sudden. (laughs) I sound very versed in in self-care. So if you could just take us back, I guess, through your journey. And what led you to prioritize well-being and resilience in your personal and professional life? Are you an educator looking to elevate your career? Consider Moreland University, your gateway to success in international schools. They offer fully online programs with flexible start dates 
and affordable tuition rates, allowing you to balance work and personal life. Moreland University isn't your typical institution. Say goodbye to dull lectures and hello to engaging, interactive learning with passionate educators like yourself. It's a hands-on education that sparks creativity and prepares you for the real-world challenges. With Moreland University, you can earn a prestigious U.S. teaching certification or a master's degree in education from anywhere in the world. Their programs are designed to empower you to become a leader in your field. Don't wait. Take your steps forward, transforming your career today. Visit www.moreland.edu and apply now. Let Moreland University help you make a difference in student lives worldwide, one classroom at a time. Your journey to becoming an exceptional educator starts with Moreland University. A brighter future begins with you. I would say. I'm looking back and seeing change, but I'm definitely still in the middle of that journey and figuring that out. I'd like to think I'm wiser than I was at the beginning, but my journey into self-care practices, well-being practices really started with wanting to kind of explore mindfulness with students and then in that way, kind of falling into it myself and when I started exploring mindfulness, that got me into exploring social emotional concepts like self-awareness and emotional regulation and management. And like I said and hinted at before, a game changer was really recognizing my patterns. And even in the past few years, I've kind of begrudgingly come around to the fact that like, if I don't sleep, I'm not a pleasant person to be around. And my family might've come around to that faster than me, but able to actually admit it now and say, okay, I need to take a little nap or go for a walk or do something, not just kind of schlump around the house and be a Grinch. So it's really been recognizing those patterns, accepting that those patterns are part of me and that I've established those patterns in a way to try and help myself. All of these things and all of these emotions that we're feeling is not things that are attacking us, right? It's We always hear about what happened in your childhood or in your past. And oftentimes we're developing these habits and patterns to help us get along and get through things. And we start moving into these familiar paths, because it's what's helped us in the past, but starting to look and be aware, like, is that serving me right now? Is that what I need? So for me, it's been a lot of reflection that's actually helped me recognize, okay, maybe these patterns aren't serving me anymore. And then the hard part is trying to instill new patterns because building habits is really hard and I don't like to exercise, but that's something I'm trying to do because it makes me feel good. But uh, it takes a lot of willpower and resilience and reminding yourself that this is good for you and future you. I love what you're saying about recognizing patterns, because one of the practices that you did in your session was about developing awareness of where your stress lives in your body. And that really stood out to me. And especially with what you just said about figuring out when your patterns aren't serving you and being able to evolve from there. So on that vein, I was just wondering, what are some self-care strategies that you've found effective that maybe some of the listeners can easily incorporate into their daily routines, especially if they're um, living and working in the demanding nature of international education? I keep coming back to self-compassion practices. And I know as soon as you say self-compassion, a few people like tighten up and are like, eh, it sounds a little mushy, but 
when we notice, when we go down that road and we move in these patterns that are maybe maladaptive, the first step, I mean, you all probably know the theory of, right, first being unconsciously incompetent, right? And that's where we're in these patterns and we're just moving down and we're like, I don't know why the world is being mean to me and why this isn't working. And then you become consciously incompetent. And that's where it's really uncomfortable because you're sitting there and you're like, oh, I just did the thing again. And we start like weighing in on ourselves and we start like in mindfulness, like more traditional, like Buddhist texts, they talk about the second arrow. So like this story of like, you get hit by an arrow, which is like real pain. Like you do this thing and it's frustrating and it's real pain, but then we lob all this criticism on ourselves and we're hitting ourselves with the second arrow. And so it's really hard to try and navigate and move forward and pick a new tangible self-care practice when you're sitting there talking about how much you messed up, right? And just like laying it on thick to yourself. So self-compassion practices, I highly recommend Kristen Neff. She's got a great website, selfcompassion.org or something along those lines, right? And just look it up. She's got all these great writing practices. If you're a journal or guided meditation practices, some are like five minutes, self-compassion breaks. And it's literally just walking you through and dislodging you being like, okay, recognize that everybody in the world suffers like this, like you are not alone, shouldering this pain, like we all have this. And then like giving yourself some kind words, whatever that feels like. You've got this, care for yourself. And if you can do that practice, then you start to layer on being able to be like, okay, here I am. Now, what do I need? And Self-care for you it might be a walk in nature. It might be cozying up on the couch, talking to a good friend. It might be a nap. It might be exercise, like a hearty meal and getting some vitamins. But it's being able to get out of that nasty headspace to be able to like actually see what do I actually need. As an educational professional, you likely understand the positive and crucial role inclusion has on classroom culture. And you might be on the lookout for a community of like-minded educators. Senya International is that community. Senya is a nonprofit organization that advocates for individuals with disabilities and promotes inclusive educational practices across the globe. With a network of educators, families, students, and professionals, Senya offers connection, professional learning, and support for educators like you. Connect with the Senya community via our membership program or a local chapter in your area. Enjoy professional learning with the Senya community via our podcasts, online certification program, and in-person or virtual conferences. Support Senya through our sponsorships, awards, and scholarship program. So, what are you waiting for? For more information, head to our website, senyainternational.org. That's S-E-N-I-A international.org. And together, we continue to make a difference and fulfill our vision of living in an inclusive world. Do you have any technology or applications that could assist with this to kind of keep us on track? I know there's a lot of out there, but maybe yeah. one or two that you can recommend. Yeah, right now, I mean, I always am like all about the mindfulness practices because whether you want to sit there for 30 minutes and do a huge meditation every day, I really think five minutes every day, just retraining 
the brain to recognize the patterns in your mind and in your body. And there's heaps of different meditation apps out there. I personally like 10% Happier. They've got some quite a variety and I like it because it's very kind of secular, a little sardonic, like they speak to those of us who are a little bit skeptical and unsure and really tells you how to integrate the practices into your daily life. But it does come for a fee. So um, Insight Timer is a great free one. Headspace offers some good free teacher discounts, but you have to be in certain countries in the world. So it doesn't always work internationally. And another one I'm really loving exploring right now is called How We Feel. And this comes out of collaboration with the Yale Center for Emotional Intelligence and another group. And it uses the structure of the mood meter, which is an emotions tool that I know a lot of people use personally and in schools, but you literally click in and you check in and see, okay, where's my, it's a body check-in, right? Where's my energy and how pleasant am I feeling? And you choose your emotion and they define the emotions. So you've got 80 to hundred different emotion words. So it's really helping you build that emotional literacy, which is a huge thing. Like being able to like name a specific emotion is really important to being able to help yourself, like just naming it that helps you to move into, okay, what do I do next? But what it also does, this app is you can put in who I was with, where I was, how much sleep I had that day, how much exercise I had that day. And then you can track it for the week. So you're like, oh, here's how many, you know, highly pleasant emotions I had. And here's how many low ones. And like, oh, in the afternoons, I was all in this blue zone. So like, what's going on there? So you can use that as an extra data point to, if you're consistent with it, of course, say, a little alarm, but it's totally free and really cool to start mapping out like what are my patterns, what's happening. Yeah, I'm totally downloading that right now because yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking like, <laughs> over the holidays, it's probably really good to especially think about, okay, what are the things that are making me happy and what are the things that are draining energy? So maybe I don't make those same bad choices again. Yeah. And it's good to like, even, and I go at the end of the day and kind of, cause you can change the time. Right. So I kind of go in at the end of the day and I'm like, Oh, that happened at 11 AM. And it's of course in the moment, you're not going to be like, hold this conversation. I need to yeah. <laughs> just a moment. You're putting oh, me in the red zone. I'm recording. Um, <laughs> like, Don't do this again. Right? Um, <laughs> remember this for next Christmas. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah. Although you never know, it could break whatever's happening. You know, yeah, you break the cycle. Start, start a conversation. My mood. I use an app that, not an app, but I guess there's a setting now in these phones where you can kind of restrict yourself of how much time you could spend on social media. Is that a form of mindfulness? We were talking about this the other day at my session and I actually... I went and I was like, yes, I, that's something I need to do because it is, we don't realize. And people talked about how social media can be an energizer and it can be a drain, right? Like you go on there and send all these great memes and giggle away to your family. But then also you go on when you're wanting to distract from something meaningful and just scrolling away and all of a sudden an hour is gone. So yeah, putting in those timers that kind of pop up and tell you, oh, you've been on here for an hour and a half already can be really helpful 
to recognize and be aware. Actually, funnily, right after I put those, it was literally the first day that I put those timers in. I was I always use Facebook to video call my parents. That's what they like to use. And uh, it hung up in the middle of the call. <laughs> I was like, oh, sorry, mom. Um, <laughs> you made me use social media too much today. <laughs> Oh man. <laughs> it will stop you and whatever you're doing, it just right. They're away. like, they don't care if mom and dad are there, like you're out. Just wanted to speak about, I guess, the future and if you ever just take a thought as to how you envision well the well-being uh, sector evolving. Whatever that you see that's going on right now, how could it be better in 10 years? Where do you see it in 10 years? Yeah, well, I'm going to put my optimism hat on because as in everything, like we said, there's peaks and valleys and there are some worrying trends in our wonderful capitalist society where we're doing a lot of selling of well-being and that commodifying it. And that's worrisome because people think you can go buy a cream or one weekend retreat and then you're going to be come back and you're healed and you're well and uh, we know that there's no magic bullet and the being well is a real systemic thing. So my hopes, my holiday wish for well-being in 10 years is that, and I will say that these conversations are starting to happen and opening up, but these things are always slower, is that especially in schools, that the conversations around well-being, SEL, mindfulness are not siloed from the conversations around diversity, equity, and inclusion. I think those conversations need to be intertwined, interwoven, and all of that work needs to be done from the ground up, from a system-wide view to really have a well school and a well system. And that well-being and self-care is really a community process. And that it's really hard to be well as one person in a system that's burnt out and a system that's overworked. And so if we're in these places that are not necessarily valuing balance and holistic health, that we're just constantly fighting against the tide to be neutral and okay and like clinging on rather than thriving. And so we think about things like rest, not being something you earn, but something you deserve. That's a part of life. And for me, I haven't gotten there yet, like resting without feeling guilty or like taking deep breaths and being like, it's okay. The, I don't need to get the list done right now. Like you need to chill. So yeah, my hope is that those ground up conversations keep happening and also that our leaders, it has to come ground up, but it also, we have to have strong, healthy leaders who value holistic systems at the helm, showing us the way and modeling that it's okay. And it's not just okay, it's necessary to rest and take care of ourselves in order to be good and to be good for us and for our students. Totally agree. Hi everyone, this is Aaron Moniz, one of the co-founders of Inspire Citizens. My name is Scott Jameson and I'm the Global Collaborations Lead for Inspire Citizens. We help inspire schools to live their mission of global citizenship. 
We look at existing units through the lens of empathy to impact and connect student learning with themes like sustainable development, harmony with nature, social justice, and the holistic well-being of our community. We also work with students to co-design student leadership programs. Another way that we support educators is through our Global Citizenship Certificate in partnership with ISS. This certificate program involves best practice resources for global citizenship education, interactive opportunities to engage with other cohort members, a great team of coaches to walk you through your learning, and optional opportunities to connect via seminars with other participants from around the world. Please visit inspirecitizens.org and click on the Inspire Educators tab to register for the Global Citizenship Certificate, visit the ISS website, or go to the ISS EduLearn Passport to register today. At Inspire Citizens, we believe that the young people in our schools have the potential to lead change and inspire others through their work towards a more sustainable future. We look forward to working with you, and we hope that together, our resources and your contacts can help to create a more harmonious future. I think too, especially our students need this now more than ever. I think they just learning self-care and being able to take care of themselves. Okay. This time of year in particular, they might be through, I've got kids in college. So the stress and I keep hearing about finals and all that other stuff, right? Teachers are overwhelmed always uh, this time of year as well. But I think just in general, teaching students to know how to take self-care can help them not like, so they don't have that stress when a paper is due or they have an exam or they have some sort of assessment that they're working on or when things go wrong, because things are going to go wrong in between their friends, their social groups, someone breaks up with someone else, there's heartache. There's a lot that they go through in any given moment. And if they learn to care of themselves, then they don't hurt others. And I worry that a lot of people, they say hurt people. And I think that's so true is when some, when you're really hurt, you hurt other people and then it just perpetuates and keeps going. And so learning that self-care for students, I just think is so essential. I know in my generation, I'm older than all of you. We never talked about that at all. There was no self-care. Like, what was that? I don't even know what that was. It's so, such a good skill. It's a lifelong transportable gift. It's a superpower. And you're right. None of us were, even though I'm in the next generation, I did not learn about it either. Exactly. Right. And, I was saying, say, yeah, yeah, like yeah, it's I not, taught it, like, so. <laughs> <laughs> it is the preventative and the proactive is so necessary, like developing this emotional intelligence for kids and knowing, not setting them up to be like, oh, you know, this is what you have to do. So nothing goes wrong. Like, I feel like that's the message kids get sometimes is this perfectionism and work and everything will go right. But it's how do we take care of ourselves and those that we love and what's important to us when things inevitably do go wrong. And then how do we take what went wrong and learn from it? Because Mm -hmm. That's a huge conversation that I constantly try to have with my elementary schoolers is, you know, guys, if you got everything perfect and you knew it all right, then I'm not doing my job because you already knew it. I want something to be a challenge. I want you to get something wrong because then your brain is growing and then you're changing. And it's like, how do we change the conversation around 
mistakes into these opportunities. I love mistakes into opportunities. That's awesome. Yeah, no failure. It's always a learned lesson. And uh, play, right? Like, yeah, I like that word. Like, I like that. Play. Yes, there is. Play. play. We're so, our kids, I think, on the high school end, it looks different. I taught mostly elementary, but the high school, there's this constant stress and constant, you have to produce and whatnot. And then in the elementary, my kids were always like, oh, you know, tonight I have science tutoring and violin and this and that. I'm sitting there going, when do you have time to play, to sit and let your mind wander and get a little bored and make something up? We all need that time. Thanks so much, Kaylin, for your time today. We are coming down to our last several minutes. So just wanted to take the time here to just let you get any plugins that you want to plug in your email, social media, anything at all. You can find me on LinkedIn, on Twitter, and on Instagram. I'm Upstream Collaborative or Kaylin Fullerton. Always absolutely love to connect with educators and others who are doing the work, who are curious. So hit me up and let's chat. Any last words from Dana or Molly Fay? I can't believe how quickly our conversation went. I feel like we just started. <laughs> we did. I need Thank to take you. some of the advice to uh, go and play myself, relieve some of the uh, bad stuff and bring in more of the self-care. So thanks, Kaylin. Love it. Thanks so much, Kaylin, for sharing your valuable insights and experiences with us today. It's been a pleasure having you on ISS EDU Learn. Ask me anything. And to our listeners, thank you for tuning in. If you found this episode inspiring and informative, please be sure to hit the like, subscribe, and share AMA with your educated friends. Stay tuned for more exciting episodes. Until next time, keep exploring, keep learning, keep making a positive impact in the world of education. Until next time, bye-bye, my fellow educators. Bye.